Hello, and welcome to Interview with an Expert. Each month, we chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and leading experts on different areas of emerging technology and how it is transforming business and reshaping industries. What you should know today and what you should be thinking about for the future. Join us as founder of the Chatsy Group, Jen Echegarry, hosts today's Interview with an Expert. Hi, my name is Jen Echegarry, and I'm here with our Interview with an Expert series, and I am so excited to finally get the chance to sit down with Amanda Stevens. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Our pleasure. Um, so quick introduction on Amanda. So she is the Director of Conversation Design um, for Master of Code Global, a leading conversational AI firm with over five offices uh, worldwide. Uh, she's had the chance to work on and launch uh, chat experiences for a multiple, multitude of channels, including SMS, Apple Messages for Business, Messenger, Google Business Messages, Web, and other applications. Um, her work includes designing experiences for large um, uh, enterprise-level brands across an array of different industries, including uh, T-Mobile, Alta Beauty, SO Canada, and Aveda, and I'm sure a multitude of others. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much. That's great. Yeah, so I'm super excited to talk to you today, given the fact that you are Director of Conversation Design um, for a very large uh, leading conversational AI firm. I thought it'd be great to get your perspective on just conversation design and how it's evolved into this new emerging role. Wasn't like this five, five, eight, five to seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's changed so much. I mean, when, uh, and I kind of fell into the role, I, I saw an opportunity to, um, you know, optimize the chatbots that I was managing at the time, just kind of as, as a senior account manager and, and really started to notice, hey, tweaking this is actually affecting containment and adding this and adding more prescription here is helping create a more seamless, better experience. Um, but as conversation design has you know, evolved and um, there's so much content about it and training, I look at them, uh, I look as, as conversation designers to really be detectives. And maybe, I don't know if you've heard that piece of it before, but at the end of the day, we are solving problems. And you can have a business analyst on the team feeding a conversation designer uh, information on how to inform their design. But if you're the one designing the experience, you need to look at the data. You need to understand what is happening. And you have to make sure that whatever you design is better than current state. Because if a website has an FAQ page and the client says, hey, we should make an FAQ bot, and the FAQ bot just leads the person to the FAQ page that already exists, the bot's just a barrier for the user just to find the FAQ page on the website. That's not a good use of a conversational AI, right? No. So we, my team, we are detectives, we are problem solvers. And then, you know, once we have that data and we really want to make sure that the use cases that we're designing for are prioritized, they're better than current state, they are offering more value, they are more efficient than today, that informs how we do that. And we make sure that as we're going through the design that, again, we're making sure that we are solving that problem. It's always in the back of our mind. And when we compare our designs to current state, it is better. Like I said, it's faster, more efficient and offers more value to the customer. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned like earlier, like there's no point in just having a chatbot just to have a chatbot, right? It has to improve the entire user experience. Yeah. And we and saw a lot of those in, I think, 2018. It was like, yes, hey, yeah, I'm one. here, chat with me. I don't really do anything or I'll point you to what already exists. But, um, you know, 
technologies uh, a lot more um, become a lot more advanced. Uh, integrations have become a lot more advanced. Um, there's more APIs, there's more personalizations, and now we're really starting to see a lot more utility in these solutions. Absolutely. And I think you, you you hit the nail on the head with regards to problem solving and your approach to that. So maybe we can just kind of go to the macro level here and just kind of describe the role of a conversation designer um, and, and the role that they play, whether it's on your team from a, from a development side, but also from an enterprise side where they have an existing chatbot, mm -hmm. they have a, a team of, of, of individuals trying to manage this. What is that role like? What are they? What's the day to day? Sure. We've quite uh, an extensive uh, methodology. It's like quite a few steps are involved. So like I said, it, it, if you're starting from scratch or even if you're coming into a project that the bot already exists, you need to understand what problems the bot was solving, what problems, if you want to add new use cases, what, you know, what, what are the pain points users are experiencing? Then we dive deep into the data to, you know, to validate what we're thinking and feeling and, and you know, feedback that we've gotten around what problem needs to be addressed. Um, and then we prioritize use cases. And I think this is such an important step because just because there's a pain point, uh, doesn't mean a chatbot is the best solution, like I touched on earlier. Maybe your website just needs to be a little bit better, or maybe you're if you have a login, um, people can't have trouble logging in or something. Maybe you have a better process of doing that, or maybe you change the UI uh, on an app um, to make things more easier. So we prioritize use cases. Um, we look at things like is the use case. Uh, trouble, um, hard to find or cumbersome today? Um, or if we put it on a chatbot, could it be completed um, in a few short tasks? You don't want to prioritize a use case that requires 20 turns just to get an answer for the user, right? There might be a better channel that does that. Um, does the user have to use multiple GUIs or multiple websites to complete the task? A chatbot can integrate those systems and bring, you know, bring it all together in one screen. Um, are people even talking about it today? Is it even desired by the user? Is it technically feasible? There's so, you know, we have this long list to make sure that we're successful, right? We want to prioritize something that will be successful. Um, then we, you know, map out a customer journey of current state. Again, another point for us to look at is this better than current state? Because now I understand what current state is. So we have all these steps that the subsequent step will set you up for success as long as you do the previous step. Um, we then go into bot persona development. The bot is an extension of your brand. It has to be, it has to have that unified voice and, um, and tone, just like if you're speaking to one of their live agents, right? We wanna make sure that's quite complimentary. Um, and then we get into, you know, designing the actual flowchart, dialogue development, collecting sample dialogue. If there's jargon, acronyms, product names, services that customers speak of, um, the, the bot needs to understand it. And we get jargon and short forms and um, slang or just even specific product names. Um, uh, you know, there was like a telecom company, some of their plan names, it's one in particular, their plan names are, are the name of a color. So the bot needs to know that color is actually, they're talking about a planning, not a color. Um, and then uh, of course, user testing, and then we launch and do it all over again, just optimizing, looking at transcripts, informing our design and prioritizing. And it's very cyclical that way. I love that you have such a process to it because I think sure. um, approaching it like from a data perspective first and, and looking at your current state and then taking the next step and making that decision rather than just jumping in and assuming that this is the right way to go. Um, I can see Masters of Code have, has just taken such a, a very 
process oriented approach to it. And that's why I think you guys are very successful. Oh, with thank you. you. You know, we spent months looking at what is, you know, looking at Kathy Pro, what does Google do? How do they kind of approach conversation design? What is Microsoft doing? What about IDEO where they're famous for design thinking? What have we looked at, you know, from our own experiences with our own brands and married it all together? And it's evolved over time, but really that process has been in place for over two years now. We haven't really changed it because like I said, every step sets you up for success, like the next step. And if you kind of uh, doubt yourself, you just go back to the previous step and it it sets that foundation that you can continue to build off of it and create something really great and successful. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, let's kind of, I guess, change gears into um, from a recruitment standpoint. So um, we work with a lot of different consulting firms and one of the major challenges, and maybe I'm not sure maybe you as, as, as your organization as well as facing is a shortage of oh, yeah. conversation designers oh, yes. in the world. It's not even like locally. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um you know, I guess, what is, I guess, the biggest challenge to hiring and, you know, how is Master of Code and maybe yourself and your team um, approaching what kind of, I guess, um, I guess, roles that other people are maybe from a UX designer or is it a linguist? What kind of background are you guys looking for that can uh, make a really good detective? Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, it is so definitely have been feeling some challenges we've been growing so much um i mean at the beginning of 2020 i was the only conversation designer we have six people now probably going to be nine by the end of the year um so we've grown quite a bit but it's it's you know you have to scale um intelligently right so one on the one hand and and i think this is different a little bit more different in the states but in canada we don't have a lot of people just searching on LinkedIn conversation design jobs. I don't think it's as prevalent or as well known in Canada as maybe the States. Um, so that's, so we don't have people, as many people coming to us. If I was looking for a marketing role, I'm sure I'd get a slew of resumes, no problem. So that's one piece. It's just the awareness, education, people maybe if they're in a UX role, if they're even in a, in a linguist role, they're I'm not coming across candidates that were like, yeah, I, I've heard of this thing and I, I had kind of a background and I applied. It's a lot of us reaching out to people. Okay. So that's one point. Um, and for we, like, if you go to our website and click on the job uh, posting that we just always have open, it's not, we're not looking for a conversation designer because again, there's so many people with what I like to call foundational skills and we have a six week training program. So you know, we'll scale people up and we'll fill in the gaps because um, what I love about this type of role is it can, you can have such diverse backgrounds, um, like linguists, I, like I had mentioned before, people with UX backgrounds. My background was in advertising. Um, so I, you know, client facing role, did strategy. So a little bit of problem solving, right? You're, you're kind of figuring out what, what can we do here to meet the client's needs and goals um, and always worked with UX designers and always worked with copywriters. So had some experience there that I kind of, you know, further grew. Um, but what we, the foundational skills that we look for is uh, UX experience. Cause I think that's really important. It is hard to teach if someone has like no idea at all. Um, Cause there's just so much, so much to, to learn. Um, but we do look for some UX experience, some digital background, uh, working with technical teams. I think that's important too. Um, excuse me. Just working with different, you know, engineering teams or technical teams, having that feedback feedback loop. Um, we like that familiarity. Again, if if not, we can train them. Um, and then, of course, any type of writing skills. So it's really, if you want to kind of sum it up, UX, uh, working with multiple teams. 
uh, copywriting and uh, client facing. Cause that's, we, you know, for at our firm, you are, um, you represent the authority, the conversation design methodology. You are that authority. You are educating that to the client. Uh, you're backing up your designs. You need to be able to communicate uh, well to kind of explain, hey, this is what I did, why I did. Because clients will say like, why did you go that route? Or I don't understand this flow or what does this mean? You have to be able to back up your work and um, educate them on you know, what this practice is and, and um, its best practices and the process that you took. It's, communication is really important. Absolutely. And like you said, I think working with a variety of different types of people, like you'd mentioned, right, is very important. Um, and I think you know, I speak with a lot of different types, a lot of secondary educations, universities, colleges, et cetera. And they, you know, they constantly kind of ask me like, what kind of courses or what kind of um, teachings can we teach our students that would maybe prepare them to be a conversation designer? Uh, do you have any um, advice there? Yeah, there are a few conversation design courses out there um, that have become quite popular. For, like, even if you don't go that route, I think even just taking a UX course, just to really kind of get your head around user experiences and creating seamless ones that are like that offer as the least amount of friction that they possibly can. I think that would be so great. And there's so many uh, resources and courses out there that you can do that. Um, and even a creative writing course too. just um, and even reading. I mean, there's books, there's uh, great books out there on conversation design. There's one that came out recently that's really great. Um, all of my team were doing a book club about it. So that's awesome. Um, but even just reading helps, like reading a lot of fiction helps emotional intelligence and helps with, you know, your diction, little things you can do that kind of help your brain expand your vocabulary. I think that's really great. Um, but yeah, those, those are the big ones that come to mind. Just again, UX and, and uh, anything around copywriting or creative writing courses really help. Thank, yeah, that's great resources. And maybe um, after I'll try to link some of those books and resources that yeah. you had mentioned there um, so that our listeners can um, educate themselves because there's so many amazing e-learning courses out there that can mm -hmm. just, you know, substitute the little gaps that you might have, right? You might have a really good lit background, but you just kind of need to understand a bit of the technical side and what, right. how do UX impact? So I think, um, doing your research and trying to learn as much as possible. I think that's kind of the approach. And I think um, describing, um, just kind of parlaying into the conversational experiences, you know, you mm -hmm. said you come from an advertising background, which yeah. I find is really unique. And I think um, that's also a very good background to have because you are creating different type of personas and different personalities and, and right. trying to, you know, branding essentially is what a chatbot can be for a lot of different um, e-com companies and enterprises. So what kind of, I guess, how do you guys, or how do you specifically approach when you are building from a marketing perspective, a uh -huh. chatbot's persona and the role that conversation design kind of plays in that so that you can be appealing to um, the target market there? Sure. We really like to do workshops with stakeholders to really understand the brand tone of voice. Um, we always ask for branding, you know, tone documents, not all companies have them or they think they have them, but they're not, you know, exactly what we need. Um, so we just like asking uh, questions and doing workshops, and it's just to understand. Like we go down to things like if the how does the bot use punctuation? 
because maybe it, it, you won't even be allowed to use exclamation points if it's a certain type of brand, it's quite formal. What about emojis if the channel allows, right? If you're doing a web bot or, or a bot on their app, for example, what kind of emo emojis are allowed? You know, if like we figure all of that out, um, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And I, I think personas, and maybe this sometimes comes across from the client, it seems a little trivial. It's like, yes, of course, we want the bot to be friendly. Of course, we want the bot to be helpful. Yeah. But we creating creating this source of truth, it really acts, uh, this document that this, this tone of voice uh, document that we create is the source of truth. And, you know, if you, if another designer comes on, or if team switch or change it really acts as that reference point that you need to go back to and make sure that you know because things can get lost um if if there are live agents already in the business we also chat with them and and you know what how do you problem solve or what steps do you take to kind of um you know make customers happy or um you know what are the brand values and sometimes you'll get pieces in there like we love our customers or you know um we never want to cause friction and we want to make sure those attributes are inserted into the bot and if there's any other personality traits that we can pull in that are you know the brand aligns with we want to make sure that's part of it too but at the end of the day you'll get a document that like i said it'll speak to you know what type of grammar we're going to use are there conjunctions are there acronyms are there um you know what type of punctuation emojis just acting as that map and that point of reference that the company can have the client can have and, and continue to reference as you know they have more people work on the bot or different teams and, and go from there that's great i think um uh, just you guys uh, from different bot applications and implementations i've done um gender and tone is kind of something that comes up a lot yeah and um that's a, a bit of an interesting um conversation to have because you know as <clears throat> you know, accessibility and inclusive technology is absolutely paramount for um, stakeholders involved in this. They don't want to, they don't want a PR nightmare. Um, yeah. They have, so they have to kind of approach this with, from a diversity and inclusion perspective. So sure. do you have these kinds of conversations a absolutely, lot? Yeah. 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 And it's, and I'm glad more and more people are talking about it because it is absolutely essential. Um, <clears throat> diversity is always a good thing in, in any company, in any role, we want to make sure that comes through when we're creating these conversational solutions. So um, from gender, you know, from a chat perspective where you don't have to have a gender, our, my standpoint is if if gender isn't adding to the experience, if it if it if it's not needed, then we're not going to have it. We can just say brands, virtual assistant brands, you know, digital yeah. assistant. Do we need yeah. to add a name in there? And, you know, we were looking one brand we were working on the average um, user of it was, you know, 35 plus all the way to 55, 60. Um, and sometimes by adding a name in there and a gender, because people tend to scan, if this is a chat experience, they might get confused. Oh, is this, am I talking to a person? Sure. That's something to keep in mind, depending on your audience, if, if you're leaning towards an older audience. Um, so for chat, we, we tend to stay away from gender just because, you know, they're there to get a task done. They're like, let's help them do that. You don't need to give a name and, you know, tell jokes and have this whole person. You can have a personality, but it doesn't have to have a, a gender associated with it. Um, and with voice, uh, yeah, I mean, that's where you have to have, you know, what kind of accent are you going to have? What kind yeah. of gender there's actually um uh a, i don't know if you've heard of it. it's called q and it's 
um, a non-binary voice that can be added to an assistant. And it just goes between, there's certain frequencies that women speak at and certain frequencies that men speak at. And it just kind of hits both and it goes like this. It's called Q, you can watch a video of them on YouTube. So I think that's super cool because uh, again, it's you're still offering value, you're still uh, you know, helping the customer, but you're doing it at a frequency that it's, an, it's a non-binary frequency. So I think that's really great. Um, and in yeah, yeah. In terms of accessibility, um, yeah, you have to look at your users. Um, you know, do users have users have a, a have a specific accent? Is the accent of the assistant going to align with them? Is is the tool that you're using um, is it going to make sure that it understands their accent? You know, or do we need to do a multimodal experience where because not all voice assistants, you know, like there's still challenges with Alexa or Google Home where if you have a particular accent, it might have struggled to help you. So then we have to go. Okay, as a multimodal experience where text and visuals can help with the experience better here, or can we rely on the technology that's available to make sure that customers are, you know, not um, getting stuck in the flow and they're not getting error states because the voice assistant can't understand what they're asking. So yeah, we're, we definitely look at all kind of um, facets of, you know, and ask ourselves and ask different groups too. Um, like not just the client stakeholders, but just through user testing, right? We want to make sure that we're hitting um, all the types of end users we can expect to use the solution um, and that it's not causing friction or or poor feedback or, um, you know, creating that bias and making them feel like they're not um, able to use this uh, solution like everyone else's. I, I love you guys' approach. I think it's extremely <laughs> thorough and well thought out. And I think, um, you know, again, enterprises uh, looking to equip their teams um, with a good conversational design background, I think it's very important that they are educated when they are creating uh, the personas, et cetera, because it has impact on the end user, right? Absolutely, and the yeah. And they won't come back and they won't use it. And, no. you know, we don't, that's not the point, right? So. We want to make sure that we're about experiences, especially yeah. the last few years, right? And we yeah. want to make sure there is, you know, inclusive and I think and accessible, like you had mentioned, as possible. So um, we have a couple minutes left, and I, I wanted to kind of just get your point of view here. Um, where do you see chatbots or even just the role of a conversational designer being in the next five to 10 years? And I'm going to kind of tag on another one here is if I have an exist, if I have an enterprise and I invested in a chatbot in the past couple of years, it's pretty good. Um, I'm no longer relying on my, on my initial development team to manage it for me. And I want to have it in house. I want to get my own team managing this because it is developing into this quite a scalable chatbot right. and digital assistant. How can I equip my teams or train my teams? Is there any resources out there that I can actually use my current team, IT and or um, you know, product owners and managers or account managers to uh, make this chatbot something that evolves with the company and adds a lot of value. So sure. I, love there, but... <laughs> I love that you brought that up. I have so much to say. Um, sure. So in the next uh, five plus years, I am excited for more flexible bot platforms because, you know, as AI, <clears throat> AI is a teenager, so it has a lot more um, advancement to, to, you know, for it to grow, but also the bot platforms that we build on there's still some challenges and technical issues, not issues, but um, it's not, they're not as flexible. And so I'm, you know, and that limits on what we can do, right? Because we can only work with the technology that we are designing on, right? Yep. I can design the most complex experience, but the platform has to, you know, 
actually make make sure it happens right it has to be developed and and uh you know put live so i'm excited for more flexible bot platforms more integrations allowing us to um you know pull more data points to have more personalization more contextual uh chatbots um which we're starting to see already but i think you know it's just the start of it um and what what we really have now are um you know like a little bit of contextual chatbots, but I think they'll grow into, you know, more consultative assistance where they can kind of sense a problem from the user and and just offer, you know, very high um, multi-turn flows about it instead of kind of question, answer, question, answer. Um, and then, you know, growing into adaptive, what I call adaptive uh, assistance, where they pick up on cues of what the user wants and provide, again, recommendations and solutions and uh, complete tasks. So that's where I see it going. Um, and in terms of, you know, what can companies do to leverage the power of uh, conversational AI instead of relying on third parties to manage it for them. Um, so we're so excited to, you know, have a partnership with ChatC with these train the trainer programs where our teams, our conversational teams, as well as technical teams will go in to businesses and run a series of workshops and we um, share our processes. We train uh, folks there on what we do, how we do it. Um, and it's not just a lot of, you know, here, here's how you do, and we're just lecturing. We're take, we'll take them through every step of building their own chatbot. So we'll help them go through data and we'll give them assignments and check their work. And it's really immersive and it's, you know, it's, they're actually doing work. They're not just learning about it, um, which is great. We've done it already for a, a company and it was extremely successful. They've already launched their bot um, and now they're adding more and more use cases, which is great. So um typically it'll be anywhere from you know four to six workshops we'll help them pick a, you know they'll pick a use case they're going to prioritize it we kind of keep them on the right track and then um yeah they go into actual designing and then pass off to the technical team who uh develop it and we'll our technical teams will make sure you know every step of the way that um they're developing it you know as we would so yeah it's very exciting stuff i'm excited to really grow that uh, and do it for more and more businesses Absolutely. And I, I'm so excited to do this with you guys too, because there's so many highly regulated industries out there who <laughs> can actually, you know, go to a third party and they, they understand the importance of a chatbot and how it can be scaled. And they want to, they want to invest in their, in their in-house talent and upskill their, their employees to be able to manage and learn more skills and kind of keep up with the pace of uh, technology and AI. So I'm very excited uh, to, to offer these courses and train the trainer approach uh, with you guys. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that more uh, companies who have existing chatbots out there and want to get away from those extremely pricey, you know, service level agreements from a third party and actually invest in their internal talent to manage it themselves. Um, I think that is the future. I, I don't think it's... I feasible <laughs> to keep really, going. And you know what, the more companies that are investing in these conversational AI solutions, it's better for all of us end users. If there's more chatbots out there that I can take advantage of and do things and complete tasks for me and make my life easier, all the power to everyone. I mean, I would love to do that, right? It's just, it's just such a better uh, user experience, more personalized experience, um, and it's faster and more efficient. So, hey, I'm as, as I want as many companies to take advantage of this because it's it's better for everyone. It is. And on that note, I think we will conclude this amazing interview. Yeah.
expert. Thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate all the wisdom and insights that you were able to share with uh, with us today. And um, I'll also say, I think Masters of Code is hiring conversational designers. So if anybody <laughs> is interested <laughs> or has kind of those experience, those foundational skills that Amanda touched on to reach out, I'll make sure we put uh, your information down. Thanks so much, Jen. This is really fun. Absolutely, very much. Well, thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Interview with an Expert. Make sure to leave us a voice message and tell us what you thought of today's conversation. Have questions for the next expert or a topic you want to have discussed? We would love to hear them. Don't forget to tune in each week for a new interview and each month for a new topic. Until next time.